It's interesting because there's been, as everyone knows, I mean, there has been a movement to both eat and drink and buy locally for quite some time. And so when local chains, local companies are started and then they expand in a smart way, like what you're talking about, Alex, people do gravitate to that. This speakeasy is actually themed to the prohibition era, right? Oh, yeah. So you go in and, I, and, and this is what I want to talk about too. Is it rude for me to spoil how you get there, how you find it? Because How did you? figure out how to get in well i had to do a little bit of digging i had to really look like online into, or did yeah, you I ask around to, okay i had to go through the comments to really get the information because and a lot of people in the comments were trying to save the secret right because on their instagram and on their website they say find us if you can you know what don't I mean? tell us yeah. yeah wait don't tell us okay well i will say Tessa. i have the corned beef right while, here while you're both digging in and uh -huh. eating uh, it's very interesting to me that they ended up on the list because they are by and large kind of a carryout uh, location. They only have, what, three tables, I mm -hmm. think, in the whole place. And they usually have I'm Josh Duke. And I'm Alex Darris. And you're either watching or listening to Dine, Drink, Clea, the podcast, where each and every week we're going to be joined by Cleveland.com's best and brightest food experts, insiders, and influencers. Alex, what are we talking about today? Lots to talk about today. Um, we're going to go into a little bit about Cleveland chains and not the chain restaurants that most people typically think of, but mm -hmm. those local family-owned restaurants that have been able to expand and get multiple locations in the area. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about speakeasies. Um, there's a few bars in greater Cleveland that label themselves as speakeasies. So we'll see, do they exist or, or not? Or what even is a speakeasy in right. 2024? And then we are going to do a taste test from Express Deli, which landed on Yelp's um, 100 places in 2024 list uh, to eat, and it's the only Greater Cleveland spot. And so we have some sandwiches, some deli sides, and we're going to do a taste test on air. So lots, lots going on today. Yeah, that sounds. I'm already like my mouth is watering just thinking about it. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but yeah, but first we got Mark here, yeah, uh, hi, Mark, Mark Bona, who's gonna obviously you've covered in in your time here. You've covered a lot of Ohio franchises, a, a lot of Ohio restaurants. So yeah. Let's get started. So I'm working on a story um, right now. I'm in the middle of it about this whole concept of a Cleveland chain because I think of places mm -hmm. like uh, Barocco, the Arepa Bar that started in Lakewood. They've expanded to um, Cracker Park. They have a location, I think, in Willoughby, like Pulpo, Ola's. The, he owns all of um, those restaurants. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. And there's a few other local chains chains as well um like Irie jamaican kitchen is one they are getting ready this month to open a lakewood location which is now they have several in the area um and then also if you think about places like geraci's pizza even they started as kind of this old school italian restaurant and now they're expanding so it's kind of like a cool thing to see in the greater cleveland food scene these mm -hmm. Small restaurants grow into these chains. Can you think of any, any in particular, Mark, that stand out to you? Yeah, you made a good point, though, Alex. That it's not just when you hear chains; it's not just large companies and large, uh, you know, number of franchise or franchisees or locations. So you you named a couple of really good small ones and local ones that are growing. Like Jurassic's is really doing uh, good business right now with the slice shop. One of the larger and more established ones, though, in the area, Winking Lizard, yeah, is is locally owned. They have, and I keep forgetting the number, I want to say it's 19 locations. I think they've taken a smart approach. 
They have uh, a very affordable and approachable menu. It's nothing too crazy. I consider it something for anyone, for everyone, because when you walk in there, you see couples, you see families, you see sports fans. I know my alumni club meets for uh, college football game watches during the fall. I mean, you, you pr- have a pretty much you know good, good selection across the board. And of course, it was founded on having a great beer list. So you've got that as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And speaking on beer, are there any like local breweries you can think? of or that have been able to successfully expand into being a local chain? Yeah. You know, there's been some interesting growth in the on the brewery front, but the one that's really getting into this area of of locally local chains that are or it's really becoming a chain is is the brew kettle. Yeah. Um, they have really taken a bullish approach to the market. Uh, they started in Strongsville and their shtick, for lack of a better word, was brew on premise. You can go and get find a find a recipe, pay for the recipe and then you make the beer. Then you go back a couple weeks later and you bottle it. It's a lot of fun. It's a communal experience. It's really cool. It, it is cool. I've done it a few times and it's a great gift too. Yeah. You, can, you know, couples can do it or buddies can get together. But since then, they've really expanded. They opened in Amherst. They opened in Hudson. They opened in Mentor. And it's funny because I think I've been at all the openings of these places over the years. They opened a year ago in Canton at the Hall of Fame Village with the Top Golf Simulators. And I know we've mentioned that in the past. But there's still going. They planned yeah. on they plan on opening in Brunswick here in about another month. I'm working on a story about that. And they also bought uh, Canton Brewing Company, so they're going to be doing something with that. And and then as we spoke uh, a while back, they uh, not too long ago, they actually bought Lock 15. They're going to keep Lock 15 in Akron the way it is, okay. but they but it's part of this brew kettle I, I want to call it like a mini conglomerate. I mean, it's like yeah, an it's like a restaurant company. group. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things with kind of all of um, the restaurants that we mentioned is this balance of expanding versus consistency. Because it's like, I think Winking Lizard is a great example because when they've been around what thirty years. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Trump? over thirty years. Yeah, right. so it's like kind of taking their time to grow and and learning the markets that they'll do really well, the cities and stuff like that, but keeping it that if you eat wings at this winking lizard and this winking lizard, they'll taste the same, you know? Great point. And it's funny, you just reminded me of yet another place, Buildings and Food, uh, run by Will Hollingsworth. They own Prosperity Social Club, La Cave du Vin. They have expanded, and that has been a very recent phenomenon. We're looking at about within the last two years, they've expanded and pretty much sticking to Cleveland and and thereabouts. So Mm -hmm. some really cool established places that are here, they're going to stay here and they're growing and they just bought uh, Griffin Cider House and Gin Bar as well yeah. over in Lakewood. I know you're familiar with that. Yeah, I know. I was really sad to see that close, but it does sound like exciting yeah. what the new concept and stuff. Yeah. So when you when we're looking at this list of Ohio chains, what what are what's the I know you mentioned Winking Lizard is definitely among the largest. Is is that the largest that the most successful franchise or uh, chain that we can think of? Well, Swenson's is technically a Northeast Ohio chain. Yeah, which, that's founded in Akron in the 1930s. That's right. Yeah, so they they that's probably more, but now I feel like especially in Northeast Ohio, we think of it so much as like a, a big chain fast food restaurant, but really mm-hmm. it is still local. Like it came from around here. I think Waking yeah. Lizard is, um, Waking Lizard is probably just one of the most like consistent, mm. been around for so long and 
I feel like the locations haven't changed that much, like right. a few here and there. But. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's been, as everyone knows, I mean, there has been a movement to both eat and drink and buy locally for quite some time. And so when local chains, local companies are started and then they expand in a smart way, like what you're talking about, Alex, people do gravitate to that. And it's also a strategic thing too. Where do you put the locations and, yeah. and how do you mm -hmm. approach it? Yeah. Because I know that's what um, I was talking to Juan who owns Barocco and Ola and stuff. And that's what he was saying. It was like very well thought out of, okay, we'll put it in Crocker Park because the people in Crocker Park, it's kind of its own mm -hmm. ecosystem there, but they don't want any too close to the Lakewood one because then it'll take, you know, it's like kind it's exactly of thinking right. about where, literally mapping it out your restaurant. Plan. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, keeping things more consolidated probably helps from uh, tons of financial and logistic purposes i know like we we mentioned in the past the melt i think they said that they're trying to be more centralized to the cleveland area right yeah yeah, yeah. no and that's another example of melt is a local cleveland chain and kind of on on the other end they had to close their avon location and kind of switch up a little bit on their menu and stuff like that mm -hmm. but i mean they've still been around for a really long time and have i think five locations left um yeah, keep forgetting the number because it has fluctuated lately but at yeah. least i know more than three um so it's like still been around and mm -hmm. still has this great presence and stuff but again it's like think about it with with covid and with everything changing it's it's impressive for any restaurant to make it five let alone 10 let alone 20 years so can you think of any up and coming ones that we that are just like kind of just getting started, maybe with one or two locations, maybe three? I feel like Geraci's, even though Geraci's has been around for a while, the mm -hmm. slice shop opened. The one downtown opened a year ago and then one opened in Willoughby next to, it was next to the yard on third. But you're right. I mean, Geraci's is an old name, but now you're seeing... The, the younger kids, so to speak. Well, and, and even that, forward. like they've expanded. First they had the slice shops and stuff and now um, Taps and Tails Dog Bar in Ohio City, you can get their pizza there on the weekends. At House of Blues, I know after a show, you can get pizza there. They have like a pizza window for Geraci's. So it's like, it's kind of a brand that was able to establish itself for so yeah. long, but then now is doing the expanding and it seems like that method at least has been really Great yeah, and it when you're pointing that out, it does seem like an interesting strategy to sort of keep it going because it's not like they're just getting, it sounds like a bunch of different location brick and mortar, like new restaurant locations. They're kind of like putting themselves in really interesting, neat places. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's also smart if you're a business owner and someone else is paying the yeah. rent, you know, then it's like, well, do the food. It's it's smart. And I, look, I'm a huge pizza fan and I love their pizza, uh, especially downtown. I mean, it's a great location. It's so good. It went into another uh, former Italian place as well that had been here for a long time. It closed and and the investment group went in and, and got it. I know they have plans to open a steak restaurant. Yeah. They have uh, some um, uh, some coffee shops as yeah, well. Yeah, Lionheart so Coffee. Lionheart Coffee, that's right. And, you know, and I mentioned earlier, buildings and food. That's another one that's it's kind of sort of new. I mean, the, the places have been older. Will Hollingsworth, you know, basically made, his claim to fame was the Spotted Owl. Shut that down, and he's really evolving. He said, "I'm I'm kind of taking a break from cocktails. He's focusing on food and wine, and and really cool spots. And that's that's been a relatively new phenomenon as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now we are joined by. 
Paris Wolf. Welcome. And Hi, we, Josh. Yeah. So um, I have been thinking about speakeasy bars for a minute. Uh, they're kind of popping up all over the place. It's a very trendy thing, it feels like. And so I kind of want to get you guys' opinion about uh, the trends and what we're looking at. So uh, to start it off, why don't you tell us like a little bit about what you think is going on with speakeasy bars why why is everyone a speakeasy bar this day why what is this going it's marketing it's all marketing well yeah for sure because it's like oh the secret entrance and everything but it's also just a weird concept in general because a speakeasy it came from prohibition and Mm -hmm. now it's like no one has to sneak and drink if you're over 21 you know what i mean it doesn't really make a lot of sense but i wonder if too because it's like you know they want to create the mystery the 20s it was the roaring 20s now we're in the 2020s like Ah. i don't know a little retro a little yeah 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 maybe that's why it's kind of resurging um because like you said it it comes from prohibition where alcohol was banned and so they had to sneak around and literally do like speak softly and and get a password yeah have these underground locations but now in the age of the information age of the internet and social media um it's kind of silly a a little bit to have a secret location bar that you're advertising on social media you're having a website for you're doing news press releases for yeah and explaining to everybody where i am and um and a lot of these places that like aren't even like hidden or even like attempted to be hidden in any way shape or form a couple of them are like not well contrived hidden behind a bookcase at west dolls and willoughby Mm -hmm. or i think where else that's hidden i know the quintana's barbershop and dream spot in cleveland Mm -hmm. heights is like first floor is a barbershop and upstairs is a speakeasy and then i even think they have a third lounge it's like a bourbon room kind of thing but they kind of advertise as a spa and everything but it's still like you said you can go on their website and find the tab for the bar menu (laughs) right and so but there's one that i've been to that does this really well so it's called uh the watson um it's in cuyahoga falls it is attached slash associated with a restaurant called uh, butcher and sprout i don't know if you guys have heard of it Mm -hmm. but yeah so basically has this speakeasy is actually themed to the prohibition era Right. Oh, yeah. So you go in and I and and this is what I want to talk about too. Is it rude for me to spoil how you get there, how you find it? You know, what's the what are you supposed to do? Like cause How did you <laughs> figure out how to get in? Well, I had to do a little bit of digging. I had to really look like online into, or did yeah, you I ask around? Okay. I had to go through the comments to really get the information because and a lot of people in the comments were trying to save the secret, right? Because the Watson on their Instagram and on their website, they say find us a if you can you know what don't I mean? tell us yeah. yeah wait don't tell us okay well i will say <laughs> i will say I, i'm not i'm not gonna give away the exact location but it is like behind or through like a mailbox system where you have to know what you're doing like you would never in. walk right there on if accident. you could you could technically if you were trying to get some mail or trying to get somebody Ooh, else's mail i wouldn't want to go there it. that sounds like right. an actual real more real yeah. one like yeah. and i i just adore their concept because you go in there and all their drinks are themed to like this alchemist like 1920s like their menu is on a parchment that's like tattered and old looking that looks like it could have been ripped out uh like out of 100 years ago and so they just and even their um the way they dress the the um um the bartenders uh they they have that sort of era in their clothing and 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 everything so it's just it is 
wonderful and they have the all you know i love a good smoky cocktail with some dry ice in it but they also have like these really cool effects on their drinks and the presentation is just um, amazing honestly so when are we going there i know now (laughs) i really want to go that actually sounds like a cool one because i was thinking of these other bars there's like um birds of paradise which is under bright side on west 25th or i think under goma on east 4th it's called um giapone or giapone um which is it's they're kind of like basement DJ bars, but they're not mm-hmm. really like a speakeasy. Like you, you don't need a password yeah. or anything like that. You know what I mean? The vault you kind of have to know about it. In yeah, the, the vault's in the bottom of the nine, and it's that would be if they made that like a password thing, it would be so cool because it is it an old be. bank vault. Like if you kind of had to know, but they do advertise it a, a lot, pretty much, but. I don't know. And then you get these other bars like Amazonia and Lakewood, mm-hmm. which is like a secret bar. Like you walk through Ola Tacos to get to it, but they kind of like don't call themselves a speakeasy like at all, you mm-hmm. know, like then there's these other bars who are like, no, we're just secretive, but not a speakeasy. And like, what's the difference? Yeah. And why are you doing it also? You know, like what is I get it. It Like like we FOMO. said, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good marketing, um, but at the end of the day, it it, it does kind of, you know, qu- it begs the question, like, why are we calling it a speakeasy? If there's it's no crowd reason control? to call it a speakeasy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's For true those because... of us who want something, and they're usually more expensive. Have you found that? Yeah, what about yeah. the Watson place? What were their drinks like? Their their drinks are definitely on the higher end uh, of price. It, it it was a little while since I've been there, and I honestly didn't care about the price, but I did notice it was uh, more expensive. But I I just understood you're that for to be atmosphere. A part. You're paying for atmosphere. You're paying for that presentation. You're paying for the theming. Like you know what I mean. Like when you go to mm-hmm. a a theme park out of town or something, um, you kind of that's. Un- ex- understood and expected that you're kind of paying for that experience on top of whatever the value is for the actual thing you're getting. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, um, I love speakeasies. Did you get any bathtub gin? Did you? <laughs> no. No, I don't know. Yeah, don't that's what they so. used what to is... do during Prohibition. They, mm. People used to make gin in their bathtubs. And now I've seen, I don't know any of, in Cleveland, but I've seen like bars play on that and they'll do... Mm-hmm put it oh in a bathtub gosh. or something like that you could really play with that yeah you know what this reminds me of though so now that um you know marijuana recreational marijuana is legalized in ohio and i know we always talk about it now but it's kind of funny like i wonder if there's any like speakeasy marijuana <laughs> dispensaries we'll that, that would have been be a real Cleveland. speakeasy that would, would be a real be. speakeasy and you wouldn't know about it it wouldn't be oh my god i bet there is social. you just like i'm gonna go dig down some weird rabbit holes on the internet later and find these right and these speakeasies they're probably about to start coming out of the woodworks if they do exist because now it's technically yeah if you have one give us the password (laughs) we want to investigate yeah what's that email (laughs) (laughs) what's that email you got a knock like a special knock in the door oh yeah yeah so that'd be very interesting to see In honor of Express Deli landing on Yelp's list of the top 100 U.S. restaurants to eat in 2024, we decided to try a few items from the deli's menu to see what all the hype is about. Express Deli is most known for its corned beef and pastrami Rubens. Um, They do them in sandwiches and in wraps. So we have a corned beef sandwich on rye and a pastrami Reuben in a wrap. And we can see if it's worth the hype. So let's let's test the... I have the corned beef right here. While you're both digging in and Uh uh, eating... Uh, it's very interesting to me that they ended up on the list because they are by and large kind of a carryout uh, 
location. They only have, what, three tables, I mm -hmm. think, in the whole place. And they usually have a line out the door during lunchtime. So um, yeah, talk about truth in advertising. Express Deli is an express deli. You get in, you get your good food, and you get out. Yeah, this, from what I can tell. This corned beef is delicious. Yeah, I mean, just tasting it off the off the back and see why. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not typically so like crazy about corned beef sandwiches, even though that's pretty popular here in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is really delicious. I honestly, it's 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 very flavorful. It's really really moist. See, this might be um sacrilegious to say as a Clevelander, but I like the meat ratio because the slimans is like too much meat for me this is like a good meat to cheese to bread ratio absolutely yeah i agree with that you also hate when it's like a bready sandwich mm -hmm. i 100 percent agree with that this is a fantastic sandwich yeah. like it's it the composition of it is wonderful like you said and it has just the right amount of dressing on it to just a little bit of crunch mm. delicious well done that pastrami wrap is just as good too you had the pastrami mm -hmm. wrap? I don't have that one. When you try the turkey club? Yeah, let me try that real quick. And it's also funny, too, when you think about that a deli landed on the best list because, in general, a deli sandwich, you think about it, it's something we can all generally make, like, or you make it for lunch or whatever, but it's like one of those things when someone else makes it for you and it's so good, like, you want to pay for it. Like, it tastes better when someone else yeah. does it for you. Describing this turkey... Uh, club it's like a premium homemade turkey club sandwich like it really is it's very good good i think the bread is doing a lot of the heavy lifting on this mm -hmm. um for me i don't know about for you guys on both sandwiches honestly i think they've chosen the right slices to like really really complement the meat and the flavor and the yeah. sauce there's a lot of different breads we got mm -hmm. you can get basically any of these on white wheat brioche mm -hmm. a hoagie in a wrap you can customize it and everything. So it's like if there's one that you particularly like the bread, you can go back and order it like that. So. Yeah. I need to revisit the list because I recognize that, to your point, delis are kind of a thing that, you know, you can make your, you can make your sandwiches at home. Um, but a lot of people like to go out to delis and get a sandwich. What other kinds of restaurants were on the list? Do either of you recall from having looked at the, the it list? It was a big um, big variety of things. I know they said a lot of different, I think, Korean food. Like a lot of different Korean restaurants mm. were becoming really popular. Um, but really it was, it was kind of like everything. But I guess also the reasoning to kind of, to Josh's point earlier, is like I think the way that, Cleveland and Northeast Ohio does appreciate a corned beef sandwich mm -hmm. or a pastrami Reuben and it it kind of made sense that Express Deli if it's one of the favorite ones and something that represents the city you know it makes mm -hmm. sense but and so there were no other like deli types on no the, I'm like, sure on... that there were mm -hmm. um, but not in Ohio yeah so why don't you guys give uh, your pre written review rating of each one that you had I would get all of these again from what I've tried, how's the chicken salad? Delicious. It's it it tastes homemade. It's it's you know how like you go some places, you get that sense that it's like food service. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely not the case here at all. You can tell that people have labored over creating delicious food. That's what I was serve. gonna say is because I hate when it's 
That is the one thing that you want it to taste homemade. Like not like someone made it at a, a deli or something like a food service thing. Right. Especially in a place like a deli, if, if anything, um, you would expect that maybe in some other venues mm-hmm. to have things that were sort of leaning in a food service direction. But and that would be completely within, you know, rights. So, yeah, this totally is giving someone's someone's really like um very experienced auntie your uncle was just throwing down in the kitchen and gave you just the best sandwich ever after a long bad day so i was just gonna say this is like the ideal like go beach food like when you're at Mm -hmm. at having a beach day and you just want to eat like a sandwich and foil this is like this is it yeah i'm into it it's a good summer option yeah yeah so i guess well we're gonna keep eating and trying all of these (laughs) items and you'll have to Check out Cleveland.com this week for our full review on Express Deli and and see how we ended up ranking everything and liking everything. So, well, thanks so much for watching or listening to the Dinder and Cleve podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or your preferred podcast platform. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Dinder and Cleve and follow our newsletter at Cleveland.com slash newsletters. Thanks.